Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you are always there. Thank you that in every time of trouble, in every tough time, that you give us faith, that you give us faith. If you feel right now that you can't see, that you can't see the goodness of God, that you can't see all the nice fluffy things that we talk about in church, but that's what faith is. Faith is that we trust in his character just as we've done tonight, that we trust that he loves us, we trust that he's good. And so Father, as we're in this place, I pray that you would come that you would come, that you would have your way, that you would show us who you really are. And we give this rest of the service to you. I pray that you would speak to our hearts. In the name of Jesus, amen. Cool, you guys can take your seats. Thanks so much to the worship team for taking so much time and preparing. So now I'd like to call up Kewen. He's going to be our, our preacher for tonight. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yes, Year of Your Life loves Kewen. It's a good thing. <laughs> and so if you guys will join with me, join me. I'm going to pray for Kewen now. Thank you, Jesus, for, uh, for the life of Kewen. <laughs> I pray that, he, that you would uh, speak through him tonight, that you'd speak, speak to us, and I pray that it would be your words and your words only. I pray that there would be a golden thread running through, that that would be your, your Holy Spirit speaking to us. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Carl. Thank you again to the worship team. It was such an intimate time of worship, and it really feels like the Lord's presence is here. It's not every day that your service director just starts singing along as well. So we just know that the Lord is busy moving. Um, if you don't know by now, we're busy doing a series called Faith for Tough Times. Of the years I've been at the church, this is one of my favorite pictures. I just think it's so descriptive of what a tough time can feel like being in the desert. And um, this picture of the desert is something that I'd like to use a little bit later on in the message. But when I think about a tough time, and in particular about having faith for tough times, um, I must say I, I really struggle to actually have faith in tough times. So my friends who know me, when I go through a tough time, particularly when I get sick, I don't really have much faith. All the vision goes out of the window. I begin to quote the book of Job quite extensively. And, uh, but faith is not really the thing that's written over my life. And uh, this, as I've been preparing this message and thinking as, as we think as a church about faith for tough times, one of the things I've realized about myself as, as I personally go through a tough time is that the rhythms that I have in my life, the things that I repeatedly do, all the good and healthy rhythms, as a tough time begins to happen, my good and healthy rhythms begin to leave my life. They kind of go out of the window. These are physical rhythms, spiritual rhythms. All the things that are meant to help me and hold me, I, they don't tend to stay in the very time when I need them to stay. So maybe a, a good place to start would be you know, healthy eating. It's a good rhythm to eat healthily every day, every week. And you know, when times get tough and the pressure is on, it's probably even better to continue to eat healthy because you'll have more energy, you'll be able to perhaps think clearer. But for me, when I feel the pressure, it's like the golden M begins to shine brighter. And when I'm on the way home for work and I just feel like it's been a tough day, you know, I'm supposed to turn left, but I turn right. 
to the comfort of the Big Mac. And uh, I wonder if that, you know, and I must say it really makes the time feel not as tough, but if, particularly if I've had a Mac feast or something like that, by the time I get home, things are tougher. And it's, oh, you know, and I just regret doing what I did. And it really hasn't helped me. And I, I feel like, you know, Paul, you know, the things I do, I don't want to do. And the things I don't want to do, I do. And I just did it again. And there's this interesting pattern that I've seen in my life that the very thing that I should have done, which is perhaps eat something healthy, it would have helped sustain me and help me. I do the opposite thing. Um, maybe another good physical example is exercise. I know there's some people that are really good at this. We can learn from how to keep that rhythm of exercise in their lives. You know, but I must say for me, when the pressure's on and it doesn't feel like there's enough time on the day, then that snooze button begins to become your friend. And you should get up at five and then you get up at eight and, you know, things like that. And, <laughs> so, and you look, you know, you think about everything you could do in the day and you know that, I know that if I exercise, I'm going to feel better. I'm going to have more energy to accomplish these massive tasks. But then I hit the snooze button and I don't. And then I feel worse throughout the whole day. And so, although I know deep down inside that if I just continue to exercise, it would actually be better. It would be something that would hold me and help me as I go through a particularly tough time, I don't do it. And as I've examined my life and, and thought a little bit deeper, not, not on these outward rhythms, but, but something that we call spiritual rhythms, these rhythms that we should regularly be doing to help us in our relationship with the Lord, I've, I've actually found the same pattern. That in times when perhaps I needed to pray the most, I felt the pressure pushing me to, to pray less, felt like perhaps there's not enough time to pray. Or when I'm perhaps feeling lonely or in need of encouragement is actually often the time when I, I go to church the least. And I see this pattern in my life. When it's tough, something that could have helped me, like going to church or, or praying, a spiritual rhythm that I actually needed, I tend to um, let it go out the window. And I wonder tonight if you are perhaps in a tough time, and this could be a number of different things, as we're busy talking, maybe to allow the Holy Spirit to bring something up that perhaps there's something in this tough time, an emotion or something that you're experiencing that is a direct result of a rhythm that has come out of your life. And in particular tonight, we're talking about spiritual rhythms. Is there perhaps a spiritual rhythm that you should be practicing that because of the pressure, because of the tough time you're going through, it seems to have lapsed? And perhaps you're feeling something or your experience of this tough time is as a direct result of this rhythm that is lacking in your life. So perhaps you're here in church tonight and it's maybe been a while since you've been here or you were even here last week, but you, you feel like you're in a place where you are very far from the Lord. You don't have to put up your hand, but I wonder if anyone here is feeling like they are far from the Lord tonight. Maybe you are struggling to hear His voice. And perhaps, just perhaps the Lord wants to speak to you tonight about a, a rhythm that you can put in place that can help, help solve that problem. How important is it to hear the Lord's voice when you're going through a tough time? Or maybe you're here tonight and you're just feeling a little bit confused. Maybe truth is a bit of a rare commodity in your life. Things are a little bit murky, a little bit gray. You're not really sure what is right or wrong anymore. You used to know, but now you're just not so certain. Or perhaps you, yeah, like me, I must, I've been feeling this quite a lot lately, feeling quite overwhelmed, feeling like there's just too much to do with too little time. You're here tonight and it almost feels like you're drowning. You, you know, you barely made it to church. You're going to be the first one out because you have to go home and study. <laughs> feeling overwhelmed, you know? 
Or perhaps you're here tonight and this is particularly difficult is you're feeling really lonely. You're in a room full of people, but you feel desperately alone. You feel discouraged. You feel perhaps like no one knows you. No one knows the true you. And you're feeling very, very lonely. These questions that I am asking you, they're not actually my questions. Jesus asked the same questions many years ago. He said, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? These aren't questions from long ago. These are questions for tonight. Perhaps questions the Lord wants to ask you personally. Are you tired? Jesus' answer to these questions is beautiful. He says, come to me. Get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Perhaps you're here tonight and as these questions are being asked, you feel like you are stuck. You feel like you need to recover your life. And Jesus says, come to me, and I will show you how to take real rest. When I hear those words, I go, yes, Lord, I want to have real rest. I want to know what that feels like. Jesus says, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. You see, Jesus' answer, his first answer to someone who is feeling like they are worn out, someone who's feeling burned out on religion, someone who's feeling lonely. He says, come to me and walk with me. Jesus is talking about a particular lifestyle that he lives. Jesus has particular rhythms in his life, which look quite different to many of the people that were surrounding him. And he says that you need to come to him and to be his disciple or to, to receive rest. The answer is not too difficult, actually. He says you need to come and you need to watch how he lives. And he says this particular phrase, which is the title of my message tonight. He says, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. This is Jesus' solution to a people that are struggling in tough times. When you hear unforced I hope that will encourage you. When, we, when I think of spiritual rhythms, these traditional ones that we're going to be talking about, these are things like prayer and fasting and studying God's Word. I must say, the first word I think of is not unforced, I think forced. Especially when you're in a bit of a tough time to hear that you need to do something else. And if you're in the overwhelmed section tonight, you just want to collapse. You go, no more. Not one more thing. If I have to put one more thing on the plate... God, if you ask me to do one more thing, I'm just going to give in. I'm going to give up. Yet Jesus, when he talks about these rhythms, he calls them unforced rhythms of grace. Jesus has got a particular picture of these practices in his, in his life, and, and he seems quite optimistic about them. And then he says these encouraging words. He says, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Isn't that encouraging to know that, that what Jesus is asking you tonight, although he hears your cry and he feels what you're feeling, he's not about to lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Maybe when I said the words prayer and fasting, you still feel like this is a heavy thing. You still feel like a burden is coming, that the preacher is going to ask you to do something that you cannot do. Like you're going to have to add something to the list. Yet Jesus has a promise. He says, I won't lay anything heavy 
or ill-fitting on you. I find that very encouraging. Keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and lightly. Jesus' answer to the, those that are feeling worn out, burned out on religion, is to learn these unforced rhythms of grace. And he says that it's not going to be too difficult and that you're going to experience a lightness and a freedom. And it's interesting, often when we enter into a discussion around that, that is the opposite. People feel a heavy, they feel like this is something that's difficult, this is the hardcore bits of Christianity. But this is not Jesus' perspective on these practices. He says, come, let's remove these heavy burdens. As you learn these unforced rhythms of grace, you're going to feel lighter. You're going to come free. It's almost as if Jesus thinks that some of the rhythms in our life is actually causing us more trouble than good. That perhaps, just perhaps, if you were to live a little bit more like him, if you were to build some of the rhythms he had, that it would actually benefit you, that it would actually free you, that it would actually give you what you want. And so as I've reflected on this scripture and thought through a little bit about these unforced rhythms of grace, I've had to make an adjustment in my thinking. And being someone who, who maybe feels a little bit overwhelmed, I, I've thought, you know, as we entered into this discussion of spiritual rhythms, I really thought this is something else that I need to, that God is going to ask me to carry in my life. I've got all these responsibilities, and now it's just one more thing. But I feel like the sort of point of, of this scripture is really that Jesus is saying that, that, no, it's not like that. You don't need to carry spiritual rhythms. These spiritual rhythms will carry you. These spiritual rhythms are there as gifts, as graces in your life that are meant to help you and sustain you through tough times. And this is quite encouraging because there is a, a clear answer for those of us that are struggling. And it's actually very practical. We're not just talking about some pie-in-the-sky idea. We're saying, Jesus is saying, come, look at, look at me. This is how you do it. If you make these adjustments, you will be able to experience life and life in abundance. You will be free to face the tough time. And I don't know about you, but I would far more, it would be, it would be much better for me to go through a tough time not feeling far from God and not feeling alone. I'd like to have my head on straight when the tough times come. I'd like to know that I know that I know that God is near. So this is, these are appealing words to me. And I, and I pray that this, is, this comes from Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30. This is our scripture for the night. It's to learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I'm going to just spend a little bit of time tonight talking about these unformed rhythms of grace. And we must learn, we must hear Jesus' words to learn these and put them into our lives. They will bring the freedom that we so need. So I'm so excited for that tonight. Before we go into them, just a, a picture of spiritual rhythms. We've got this desert picture, which is a great representative of tough times. And when thinking about spiritual rhythms, the picture that I have is a spiritual rhythm as an oasis in a desert. That if you're in the tough time and you're busy walking through the desert, that the Lord has given us these graces as little oases, places to rest under a palm with some shade or water to drink in the middle of the desert. And they are regular and they are repeatable and they are promises from the Lord that if we practice these things, if we put them in place, they will be like a drink of fresh water, a breath of fresh air. It will be like shade in a desert. 
And so maybe that's a helpful metaphor as we discuss these to, to, to keep the oasis idea in your head. Because remember, according to Jesus, these things aren't difficult. They're unforced. They are graces. They are meant to set us free. So at any point, if you feel a sense of difficulty or hardness, that's not the Lord. To say no to that, to go, actually, this is the Lord trying to set me free. If he asks you to put this practice in place, this is the key. This is the answer that you've been looking for to overcome your loneliness, to overcome that sense of being far from the Lord, to bring clarity once again into your life. Amen. So I'm excited for that. We're going to talk about just four rhythms that Jesus had in his life. If you study the scripture and you read a little bit of Christian literature on this that's been written over the last 2,000 years, you'll see that there are far more spiritual rhythms that have helped Christians. But I thought for our community, we're just going to focus on four. These are four very important ones for tough times. And so we are going to talk through them. And perhaps as I am talking through them, perhaps explaining one or two and maybe clarifying, ask the Lord to speak to you and ask, is this something that I need to bring back into my life, or perhaps embark on a journey of, of engaging with this rhythm more permanently. And so this is a little bit of, we're going to teach a little bit through these rhythms, but really you want to be trusting the Holy Spirit to go, okay, Lord, maybe you're speaking to me and you want me to make an adjustment. You want me to build this rhythm into my life. So the first one that I want to talk about is prayer. This is the spiritual rhythm of prayer. Now, Jesus built the rhythm of prayer into his life. This was regular times alone with the Lord. Throughout Christian history, they made a distinction between contemplative prayer and intercessory prayer, which is really time, contemplative prayer is time spent alone with Jesus, just focusing on him or focusing on the word. And intercessory prayer is when you ask the Lord for things or to do things. But we put them together tonight just as a regular rhythm that we know that Jesus, as he lived on earth, remember he was fully God but fully man. Jesus had the need to regularly withdraw and be alone with his Father. He had what we call as 21st century Christians quiet time. Jesus had quiet time alone with the Lord. And it wasn't once off. He didn't, you know, go up onto the mountain and have this incredible experience with the Lord and then he was set for the rest of his life, which wasn't very long. So maybe, you know, but I don't know. But he had to regularly, when he, when he felt that he was far from the Lord, he would withdraw and be alone with the Lord. And he would set aside time to just focus on his father and spend time alone with his father. He would also regularly in those times ask his father for things. Jesus taught a lot about prayer. He said things like, you have not because you ask not. He had a high view of prayer. It was something that he practiced himself. But what I want to highlight is something of the humanity of Jesus tonight, is that Jesus, without practicing this rhythm of prayer, would have felt far from the Lord. And he recognized when he was in a tough time, one of the toughest times anyone could be in, he was about to go to the cross. He knew he was going to die. And he was in Gethsemane. And he felt like he couldn't hear the Lord's voice in that time. And so what did he do? He felt far from the Lord. He couldn't hear the Lord's voice, so he withdrew to go pray. You can read about that. There's some scriptures on the, on the screen. And so Jesus, he, he had a bit of a, a reading of his own spiritual life, and he recognized, I can't 
hear the Lord in this moment, and so I am going to go pray. This was the culmination of a rhythm of prayer, but in the time when he needed it most, he knew what to do. He knew that he needed to go pray. And so I wonder if you here tonight and you're feeling far from the Lord or you can't hear his voice, and perhaps this is the thing that you need to hear, is that the reason you can't hear his voice, maybe, just maybe, is because there isn't a regular rhythm of prayer. Hearing the Lord's voice doesn't always happen overnight. There's a bit of a long-term relationship. You need to go on a number of dates with Jesus. Many, many quiet times. And so sometimes someone has an expectation that they will just feel close to the Lord. And God wants to be close to us. He wants to be near. But the way that the universe is designed is that without these regular spiritual rhythms, we will begin to feel a lack in our life. We will not have a sense of intimacy. And inevitably, we will begin to struggle to hear the Lord. And maybe you're in that place tonight, and you just need to hear Him. Just one more word on prayer. I, I, I find that when prayer comes out of my life, it's when I don't see the importance I try and practice a regular quiet time, try to every day before I start the day to spend some time alone with the Lord and to pray. But when the pressure is on, as I said before, I seem to not find the time. And uh, when I, a few years ago, I actually read this poem, and I want to read it to you tonight. It had a profound effect on my life. It changed the way I thought about prayer. It's called Time to Pray. The author is unknown. I got up early one morning and I rushed right into the day. I had so much to accomplish that I didn't have time to pray. Problems just tumbled about me and heavier came each task. Why doesn't God help me, I wondered. He answered, you didn't ask. I wanted to see joy and beauty, but the day toiled on, gray and bleak. I wondered why God didn't show me. He said, but you didn't seek. I tried to come into God's presence. I used all my keys at the lock. God gently and lovingly chided, my child, you didn't knock. So I woke up early this morning and paused before entering the day. I had so much to accomplish that I had to take time to pray. When I read this poem for the first time, it was actually on the back of a bathroom door. <laughs> but I just had a profound spiritual experience. <laughs> just realizing that actually... In this time, when it feels like I don't have time to pray, is the very time when I should be praying. You see, because I began to understand that spiritual rhythms, spiritual rhythms, they're very important. That it's not something that I carry, but they are something that carry me. And prayer is not something that I need to add to my list. It's the thing that will help me have a list tomorrow. And the day after that, it's vitally important. If there's a shift in our thinking, we begin to practice it. So that's the rhythm of prayer. And and Jesus practiced it, then perhaps tonight the Lord is speaking to you to say, you need to build regular prayer times into your life. The second rhythm that I'd like to just touch on tonight is the rhythm of study. As a spiritual rhythm, we're talking particularly about the study of God's Word. And Jesus was a diligent student of God's Word. We know that when he grew up, by the time he was 12, he would have learned all the Scriptures. What's quite funny is sometimes, I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but you know, when Jesus was born as a baby, he didn't know the Scriptures. He didn't come out, you know, of the womb busy quoting, you know, Psalm 23. 
or anything like that. He couldn't speak. He, he actually had to learn to read, and he had to learn how to study. And he had to make those mistakes, the same mistakes we make. But we know really, even by the age of 12, that he had quite an astute understanding of Scripture. He was asking the right questions. The only way you get there is with a regular rhythm of study. But we know that when Jesus faced a particularly tough time, this rhythm came to its fore in, in Matthew 4 verse 4. Jesus faces this temptation. And the devil is coming and he's lying to Jesus. And Jesus says that famous quote, he says, Man cannot live on bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And so Jesus in that moment is able to combat, uh, combat a lie with the truth. And it's only because he knew the word, he'd regularly studied it. And I wonder if you might be in a place where you're feeling like you are bombarded by lies. All around you, you keep hearing things that you know aren't true on social media, maybe at your university, from your friends, even your family. Has truth become a rare commodity in your life? The only way to combat that is to build a regular rhythm of the study of God's Word into your life. Sometimes people are in a place where they're in a community and they've received teaching from the Lord and uh, particularly have, have a good understanding of the Word. But as they go out and, and as this thing slips out of your life, you know, as a rhythm slips out, you don't normally notice it. I've tried to at least try and keep to the bare minimum of trying to read a scripture, a chapter of scripture a day. Maybe the proverb of the day or the psalm of the day. A few years ago, I know amongst the young adults, guys, we used to have the phrase, no Bible, no breakfast. I don't know if you guys remember that. Maybe not even yeah. No Bible, no breakfast. Just this idea of, of every day just starting by just reading something of the Word. And that's a good place to start by regularly just focusing on the truth. I've seen if I've read some scripture in the day, it really helps me just keep my thinking clear when the lies come. But we also need to embark on a journey in the same way that Jesus did to actually study the scripture and understand it for ourselves. And so maybe you're here tonight and you're feeling confused, you're feeling directionless, and actually the answer is that you need to study the Word. One last thought there. Sometimes I think God doesn't speak twice. We ask Him for an answer, and it appears as if He's silent, but it's actually because He's already spoken, and it's in His Word, and He's just waiting for you to open the page. I once had a friend who struggled to follow instructions, you know, so everyone knows where we're going, and he always phones you at the last minute to you know, find out where we're going. But we're all on the same WhatsApp group. You know, we've all seen the same instructions. Unless you've got a friend like that. And where I drew the line was on my wedding morning when he phoned me, you know, right before I was about to get married, well, like about half an hour to find out where the wedding venue is. I did not answer him because I'd sent him an invite. So at that time, I decided at this point, stop asking, read the invite. And so perhaps, you know, God is silent in your life and he's just waiting for you to Read the book. He's already spoken. Okay. Rhythm of study, quite important. The third one I want to talk about is fasting. This one can sometimes really feel like a heavy, especially if you're passionate about food. Um, but it, we cannot deny it. Jesus practiced fasting. In Matthew 6 verse 16, he actually assumed that everyone would fast. He said to his disciples, when you fast. Matthew 9 verse 15, he said, there's a time for feasting. There's a time for fasting. I'm in a time of feasting, as you can see. Okay. And uh, fasting, very important, very important practice, often misunderstood. A good definition for fasting is to put aside something good for spiritual benefit. 
And so in the scripture, mostly when you think about fasting, it's food. And it's a good, healthy practice for those that have practiced fasting food. You've seen the benefit of your, in your relationship with the Lord. Traditionally, the time that you would have spent eating, you would spend praying. And this practice is quite important. Jesus definitely fasted. One of the key moments in his life when Jesus was going through a tough time, he was in uh, the wilderness. But actually, if you read in Matthew 4 verse 1, you'll see that Jesus was about to go into ministry. And he knew what was coming. It was three years of intense ministry. I wonder if he was feeling a little bit overwhelmed. And so he withdraws into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, and he fasts during that time. And so there's something around creating space in your life. We sometimes call that margin. That if you feel like you can't breathe, this grace of fasting, it's a gift. It's not actually heavy. It's something to actually set you free that you would be able to let go of something that is good. You'd have the freedom to let go of something that is good, to take hold of something that is better. And normally when we're fasting food, that is time with the Lord that can be quite helpful. Now, I must say, I can't speak on a lot of authority with uh, fasting on food. I heard Dave once say that he fasts every day between meals. Um, that's his joke, not mine. But... Uh, Maybe in our, in our modern context, it's good to have this rhythm of fasting food, which, which Jesus did. And, and as you talk to people that have done it, they'll really explain some of the experiences that can be had and the benefits. But, but it's not exclusively food. In, in, this, in this day and age, we have the opportunity to fast other things. Just a little testimony. When I was busy studying, I was in a place where I was feeling like there was just not enough time. I was trying to balance work and trying to balance study. I felt like my relationships were suffering. And I felt like as I was reading about fasting, I really felt led to fast computer games. Now, I've mentioned from this pulpit before that I am a gamer, so you know how difficult that was. But just for a time, I felt for a period of three months to not play games. And what that meant was even if I had free time, happened to have free time in that time, I was going to lay it aside for three months. And this experience, I experienced the grace because suddenly I had margin. Suddenly I had space in my life. And I began to feel less overwhelmed, less anxious. When I had free time, I could actually spend some more time with friends or perhaps I needed to sometimes spend more time with studiers. And, and many people are in bondage because they cannot say no to good things. Like movies and series, which can be absolutely amazing, but they can rule our lives. And fasting is the ancient Christian practice that sets us free in a culture that can't say no. And it might seem so difficult to do, but in Jesus' head, he says, this is the answer. This is the antidote. You're going to feel so free. If you, can, if you can just, even for a day, set this aside, you can have something so much better. That can be him. That can be some space in your life. And perhaps you're here tonight and you're feeling overwhelmed. And, and I really feel strongly in this one that maybe the Lord is going to lead you to, to set something aside that is actually good. Just for a time, it's not forever, but perhaps you need to fast something. You need to engage in this practice that Jesus held so dear, and you will begin to experience the abundant life that he talks about. And particularly in a tough time, I have found that the fasting, oh man, the fasting is difficult. Because when I want the comfort, it's the time where I feel like I deserve it the most. It's often the time where I feel like the Lord says, lay this down. And it's not because he's difficult. He's a loving father. He wants the best for me. And so if he asks me to do it, he must know something I don't. And every single time that I have fasted, 
in obedience to the Lord, I have seen the fruit and experienced it. But this is a rhythm. You don't need to hear from the Lord to do it. Why don't you just try it out and experience it? And then the last one, which I'm going to talk about tonight, is this rhythm of community. So important. The one rhythm you can't practice by yourself. Community was so important to Jesus. In John 15, verse 15, Jesus talks to his disciples and he says, Now you are my friends. I have told you everything that I know. There's something about friendship and sharing one's heart. And think about it like this. Jesus, who was fully God and fully man, and so he could have tapped into divine power sources to sustain him. Him and the Father were one. You must understand that I find it difficult to think of Jesus lying alone at night going, I'm so lonely. But Jesus felt the need to make friends and to be with people. So maybe Jesus did lie awake at night feeling, I'm so lonely. Maybe he wanted to get married. I don't know. I wasn't there. Ask him. But he was fully man, which means that he had a man-made, God-given need for company, for community. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they are a trinity. They are a community. And if Jesus needed community in his life, you know, who are we to think that we don't need it? And we do. We need it. And so Jesus practiced regular rhythms of community. He had good other believers around him to encourage him. He also went to the synagogue recent, uh, regularly to uh, hear the word of the Lord preach together to celebrate. We have something similar. It's called, you know, church. And uh, this community sense was, was obviously quite important. But in our sort of modern context, I, I want to just highlight these two, two areas, which is the one is just a sense of being very discouraged, like you can't go on. I believe that there are some things that the Lord locks away in other people, that there's some things that you cannot get alone in your room with Jesus, no matter how close you are to him, that the Father takes something, a grace that he wants to give to you, but he gives it to your friend. And he says the only way to get it is to go to him. And it's not because the Father is being difficult, because he knows that this is the best thing for you. And so there's many people that are feeling very discouraged. And actually what they need to do is become part of a community. There's people that's feeling lonely, like no one cares about them. But they've never given people the opportunity to care, really given people the opportunity. We don't necessarily understand commitment in this day and age where we can get everything that we want. And so often we leave before we can really experience the joys of commitment. All the married people say, amen. You know that it gets better and better, without, but, and, and always better after a fight. So if you reconcile, yeah, so there we know. <laughs> and that's true community. True for there to be true community, there needs to be true commitment Okay, and, and, and just some thoughts on how this can kind of play out here. There's, God gives us all the time opportunities to have community. And they're quite simple, yet we call ourselves disciples of Jesus and we still struggle to do even the basic things. Some questions tonight is, are you a member at a church? Not because the Bible says you must be a member of a church, but just because it's a good idea to have a home, a family, a community. I'm not talking about being a member at this church, but why aren't you a member at a church? Why not go and stake your claim, get committed to a body, have some community? Maybe you're feeling lonely and discouraged because you've never made the commitment to a community. You know how easy it is to become a church member? It's way too easy. <laughs> so easy. Okay. So, and maybe, that is, maybe the Lord is going to 
ask you to make some community commitments tonight. You've got the prayer down. You've got the fasting down. You love Jesus. But man, oh man, Jesus' people you struggle with. I've gone through some times where I've really struggled to love the Lord's people, to be a part of a community. Because remember, the, the enemy wants us to think that these unforced rhythms of grace are forced. He wants us to think that they are heavy. He wants us to think that we need to carry these spiritual rhythms when in fact the spiritual rhythms carry us. And community is one of those. And I, I know of so many people that when they reach the highest point of loneliness and the highest point of discouragement, they stop coming to church. How silly is that? It seems like a um, perfect plan of the enemy that the antidote to loneliness, the antidote to being discouraged is community. And so at the very time when you need it most is the time when you leave. Man, oh man, I think that the enemy gets happy when that happens. And this is quite important that if we don't make a decision to be a part of a community and to practice the rhythms of community. So I'm getting very practical. This is not the Bible says, this is good ideas that I've thought of. Okay? <laughs> Become a church member. Become a part of a cell. There's going to be opportunity even now, you'll see on the board, just to become a part of a cell. I'm, it doesn't even have to be on this church. You know, I really don't care. So I'm not trying to plug you to get part of a cell. I'm just saying that you need to be a part of a group of people that actually know you. Without that, of course you're going to feel lonely. You need other believers, not just friends. It's good to have friends that aren't believers, but you need other people that are believers to encourage you. If Jesus needed it, then you need it. And I know in my life, in some of the most difficult times, the, th the toughest times that I've had, I have felt like going to church would be a complete burden. But as I have come back into the community, and there's been times where I have stayed away because I felt so discouraged. But as I've understood this and obeyed this, I say, no, this is my community. This is my home. And as I've come back, I have realized the beautiful truth that I don't carry the community. The community carries me. That this is not my burden to carry. This is not an extra thing that God says, oh, you need to come to church. This is the place where he wants to give you a sense of life, a sense of encouragement. So these are strong things, but these are things that the Lord wants of us. These are some of the unforced rhythms of grace that we can practice. And so I want to enter into just a short time of application. And on the screen, you're going to see these four things pop up that we have discussed. Tonight, we have learned about prayer. And we have learned about study and fasting, as well as community. And in the beginning, I mentioned about how some people might be feeling. And, and those feelings don't always come from not having a rhythm. But man, many times that is it. You know, we cannot expect the rhythms in our lives not to have a massive effect on us. On us. The example I always use, you know, if someone was to come up here to, to come and pray and ask me to pray for them because they have fear in their life. And if I was to ask them the simple question of what were you doing in the week, and they answer, I watched horror movies every night of the week, then prayer is not going to take the fear away. You need to stop watching horror movies. Maybe every night of the week you need to watch, you know, a happy film. <laughs> if you watch, listen to sad music every day, you're going to feel sad. Come on. <laughs> these rhythms, these, we need to take a level deeper. And maybe, maybe tonight you are feeling like you need intimacy with the Lord. And the answer is you need to build in a rhythm of prayer. And maybe you're feeling confused and directionless. And actually you need to begin to study the word of the Lord 
or you're feeling overwhelmed and the, the way out is to begin fasting something, or you're feeling lonely and this is your opportunity to become a part of a community. These are the unforced rhythms of grace. These are keys that Jesus had in his life. Jesus practiced these things. I want to say this, is that if Jesus hadn't practiced these things, then he would have felt lonely, overwhelmed, and confused. And maybe the cross wouldn't have happened. Maybe in his toughest time, he wouldn't have been able to make it through. But Jesus trained, he prepared, he practiced these rhythms in his life. And so too must we if we want to be his disciples. And if tough times aren't already here, which I believe they are, tough times are coming. And wouldn't you want to come and go through these tough times without those, that sense of being far from God? I've said it before, but I just want to paint a picture before we pray. Is that imagine every tough time you go through. And you might be going through one now, but definitely they're going to come. Until the end, they're going to come. That every single time you go through a tough time, you are walking in the desert. But you are not thirsty because you have taken God's free offer of grace, these rhythms, and you have water and you have shade. And yes, it's hot, but it's just a little bit of a walk. And you're not feeling far from God. You are feeling close to God because you are regularly spending time with Him. Wow. And you're not feeling confused. You're not sure which way is left, which way is right. You know exactly what God expects of you because you are regularly studying His Word. You haven't just read it once. It is your daily bread. And you are free to say no, that even the good things that tempt you, you have such a rhythm in your life that you are able to fast, to focus on the Lord, that when the Lord says, let go of this, it's so easy for you. The time doesn't seem so tough anymore. And best of all, it's not you walking alone in the desert. You are surrounded with people that know you and love you. And if you were to fall, they would pick you up. And if they were to fall, you would pick them up. This is the picture of the abundant life that can only be achieved if we learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And so let's take a moment. We're going to just pray for two minutes to hear from the Lord where I believe the Holy Spirit has spoke to you at least about one thing tonight. And, and maybe you want to take it all. That's great. But not, now we're going to look for one thing. One thing that the Holy Spirit would have you put into place this week to begin this journey of learning these unforced rhythms. Is there a rhythm? And they're up on the screen if you want to look. Is there a rhythm that has come out of your life? I know for me there's... In tough times, some have come out, and I know I need to begin to do this again. Or is there something that you've never done before that you need to begin to practice? We're going to just take two minutes to hear from the Lord, and don't leave this venue tonight without making a plan with the Lord, saying, I am going to do this because I want to be free. I'm going to be silent. Lord, please speak to us now. We ask you in faith. Good. If you've got something in your heart, just between, I'm going to pray now, but between you and the Lord, make a decision tonight to not allow this word to return to the Lord void. But if he has spoken to you tonight to make a firm decision to say, Lord, I am going to, I'm going to do this. So Lord, all around the auditorium, Lord, for the people, you've spoken to us as individuals, but we are a community. And Lord, we want to say, yes, Lord. If this is, if this is something you want us to do, I want to take courage tonight that this is not a difficult thing, that I want to have faith. You say this is an easy thing. This is not a burden. This is going to free me from my burden. 
that tomorrow morning, if I need to wake up and I have to have a quiet time, this is going to be the best thing. This is going to change my life. It's not going to ruin my life. If I need to say no, if I need to fast, that's it. So, Lord, I pray that you will honor our commitments that we make tonight, Lord, that they are not a yoke, but that they are a platform for freedom as we continue to follow you, Lord, and we enter into this abundant life that you have for us. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.